Hey, this is Shamina and the Two Quick Things podcast. Uh, I said this week I was going to talk about performative niceness, so here we go. Um, there is, in, in thinking about this conversation, I started to really dive into the thoughts about what does it mean to be nice versus be kind. And I think that's a bit of the slant that I'm going to take. Um, but just as a general, the in my head, what performative niceness means or how, how I think of it when I, I hear that term or when I say it is that I'm being nice for the sake of just keeping the peace and not rattling feathers and in some ways not being myself. And so I just do it. Like, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? And I don't necessarily feel like doing that, but I feel like I have to perform it and I have to show up as like, ta-da, I'm nice to try to disrupt slash interrupt people's perceptions of what black women um, are and sh- and how we show up and how a masculine presenting black gay woman shows up in a space. So I find myself being like, hey, how you doing? Da, 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 da. And I don't feel like talking to anybody, but I know it feels like I have to do that in order to function in the space and pe- for people to be able to trust me and engage and not be like, why do you have an attitude? What's wrong with your face? Um, and I don't even have resting bitch face. But I know that there is narrative around there. And I wish I could honestly be like, I'm just going to disrupt that and just look however I want to not speak to people. That is not the, I've never worked in a place like that where I felt like I can show up in that way. Um, So that's kind of what I think about when I think of performative niceness. So the, the difference between nice and kind. So I see nice as kind of a blind politeness without, and I'm looking at some of my notes, a blind politeness without thought, um, and without much care, to be honest, you just do it because that's the quote unquote right thing to do. You um, and some things it's, it's it's good to be nice. You open doors for people. That's polite. Um, you maybe a person who says bless you when somebody sneezes or things like that. It's kind of routine stuff that we regularly do to be nice to people. So it's like the opposite of being like a jerk or a butthole. Um, but oftentimes it's, it's pretty commonplace. It's generally inauthentic. We don't necessarily mean what we say when we are nice. Um, and it's generally not genuine either. And that doesn't make it good or bad. That's just how I see it. So those are, those are the things that I see when I hear nice, you being nice. It's just a blind politeness. Okay, I'm going to do that. It's pretty status quo. Nothing really disruptive about it. And I'll get into an example in a minute. Actually, I may just do it now. Um, sometimes when people are nice, they are generally, and myself included, so I don't want to pretend like there are not times where I lean more to the nice versus kind, but generally I have experienced it as being a people pleaser, and I can be a people pleaser in some instances. Um, and I try to do that so people don't perceive me in a certain way. And again, that's my own baggage that I carry. But I bet those of you who are listening probably have some of that. You pre-perform niceness so that um, it doesn't disrupt your workplace or your workspace or the environment in which you regularly go to. Um, I think one of the back, the the shadow side of that, if you will, is people may perceive you as a pushover or easy to manipulate. And then when you have to flex, they're like, oh, wow, what happened? I didn't realize I hit a chord. No, you were just being a butthole and I, I was done with it. So niceness can go out the window sometimes. That doesn't mean it's always gone, but sometimes it just goes out the window because you were tripping. You try to take advantage of the situation and we're not going to do that anymore. Please and thank you. Um, to flip over to the kind part, I see, let's see, hold on. Let me just roll up these notes. 
Well, I wish you could like zoom in on this because this font is little. Um, kind is when you care enough to be honest and truthful in an authentic way. And you value the, you both value the relationship. Uh, you value the relationship enough to be able to share this with someone because you know it may be something that's holding them back or that you may have heard other people perceiving somebody in a certain way. Um, it's oftentimes coming from the heart when you are kind. Um, it doesn't mean that you just say stuff like, blah, there it is. But you, there's some thought and intention behind this, and it's, it's pretty well-meaning um, and with an intention to do well by others and to hope, hopefully help someone turn a corner or like make them more aware of maybe something that they're doing or a way that they're engaging that's not, that doesn't seem to be connecting with other people. And it's, it's usually in a helpful in the long run as opposed to in the short term, the immediate gratification. That's not always, but when we take the time to really be kind with our words and how we deliver things in a thoughtful way and something that we know is going to be helpful or meaningful, it's usually a long-term, for the long-term effect of it. Um, but like I said, the, the motivations and intentions are different behind each. I think the motivation and intention behind being kind is that you really want to you want to be of service and of help to people. And we don't generally do those things in a really sloppy way. So like, say I'm getting ready to have a, a challenging conversation with someone. I'm thinking through, OK, how am I going to craft this message so that they are going to be able to hear what I'm saying? And in a way, it may not be like the sandwich, you know, like a fl overly fluffy sandwich when it's really a shit sandwich like I talked about last week. But it's really the, the motivation and intention behind it. And with nice, I don't know that there's any motivation or intention behind it, to be honest. There probably is. I just can't think of any. And nothing came up when I was writing my notes. Um, so some examples of nice, or I'm sorry, kind. Um, so let's see. Uh, feedback that may be hurtful to a person, but is clear and to the point, um, minus the shit sandwich approach but it's clear and to the point because you know it's gonna be meaningful and somebody needs to share this information with the person and someone needs to have this conversation and maybe you are aligned or you've been put in a place to be able to do that. Um, an example, another example of kind is disrupting that performative niceness and letting someone um, know that, that they have been making the same, the same mistake or misstep repeatedly. Um, in a way that doesn't hurt their feelings. You hope it doesn't hurt their feelings. So that's, for example, if I am giving someone a kind way to do this and be like, look, I see that you're, you seem to be making the same mistake or hitting the same kind of stalling point each time. And so I wanted to bring it to your attention. So either we can talk it out or you can take some time to think about it on your own and we can circle back around to it because there's something that's not connecting and I'm, I'm seeing you stall at the same point each time. And I wanted to make sure that you were aware of that, that I'm paying attention and I noticed that so you can make a choice of whether or not you want to do something with it. And if you need examples, then I'm happy to talk through what's those with you. That would be an example of the kindness versus niceness. Niceness would be letting people just go and do and like make the same mistake or misstep repeatedly and not saying anything and then doing the shit talk behind their back. We've all done it. I'm not exempt from that, but I'm learning and growing in my own development of somebody. I've had several people do that for me in the being kind. And I feel like it's my responsibility to pass that forward so that people know that there's a space to give feedback and sure, you can be in your feelings for a little bit. And what I'm trying to get you to do is recognize your own missteps and then course correct yourself. 
but also open myself up to if you want to get another perspective of, of how do you do that. Um, I think though that's an example of being kind. Um, uh, a few other notes on the, the being kind part. It's not necessarily for external approval. So if I'm giving a colleague, someone who is um, at a low, a newer point in the organization than me, or if I'm giving a C-level person some sort of feedback, it's generally not for external approval. I'm not saying this so that you can be like, oh, yay, yay, Shamina, great job. It's because I'm seeing you stumble or I'm hearing people have concerns about the stumbles and missteps. And so rather than me just passively being on the side, I see the kind thing to do is to not expect that the next person's going to bring it up to you. Because if they, if they do, great, then you're getting multiple perspectives. But if they don't, I don't want to continually be frustrated by whatever is going on or the missteps that are happening and hearing the same thing over again and expecting somebody else to give the feedback. So that's an example of I see of kind. Um, and I think the, another note about the kindness is folks who lean more to the kind versus nice, um, I think there's a general awareness or there needs to be a general awareness that being kind can come with being disliked in the short or the long term. But knowing, again, the intention behind what you're sharing or the, the being kind uh, narrative, if you will, is that you're helping someone to move it forward and progress to the next level, whatever the next level might be for that person. Um, so I think there are, I don't think, I know that there are times in my professional life currently and in the past where I have performed niceness just to get some shit done, just to get through the door. And I am have been and will continue to move to a place of being kind and sharing with people what they need to hear um, as opposed to what they want to hear. And it is hard. It can be tough because you are, I find myself doing like regular mental gymnastics to figure out how to craft a message in a way that is kind, but clear. So if we roll back to some of the Brene Brown stuff, clear is kind. Not everybody can hear that. And that doesn't mean it shouldn't be said or shared. And sometimes I've had to work with other people to figure out, like, how do, how do you know that this person receives information? Like, if I were to share something with them, what's a good way to do it? Um, some of that is being aware of the environment. Uh, most people that I know don't love, like, to be called out publicly. I am one of those people that don't call me out publicly because I immediately want to, like, I want to thrash your ass, just to be honest. I want to, like, go in and dig in on you. Um, that's not the right way to be. That's not helpful. That's not productive in any way. But that doesn't erase the fact that that's how it feels, <laughs> that I want to just come come for your neck. Um, but it's be, being aware of your surroundings and the energy and the space and some of it, like, being in tune with the people that you work with. Like, ooh, Mary Sue over there is having a, a rough go at it today. Maybe not today. Um, there's a time, place, manner that goes with, like, um, the, the kind part when you are, you are leaning towards the kindness as opposed to the niceness, um, time, place, manner of how you, uh, exhibit kindness to people. Hmm. So think about how you do those things and how they've shown up for you when someone has been kind to you as opposed to, um, nice. And those things can be connected to each other, but they can also be very independent of each other. You don't have to be nice and kind and you can be one or the other. And there are oftentimes when we are both, um, but it's okay to focus on the, like, I'm going to be kind in this as opposed to nice. And, um, 
the, the uh, polite. So that's kind of how I see those things. So I hope that captures what I've, I've meant. I've said it a few times before around the performative niceness part. And some of our workplaces call for it, unfortunately. I wish it wasn't true all the time. And I wish we, we could build like a professional capacity across any industry to practice uh, kindness in our words and um, clarity and um, directness um, in a way that people can absorb and apply if they choose. But you, some environments you're in, it's just not going to happen. So if you're, if you're working so hard to do that, stop banging your head on the desk. Um, sometimes it's just not going to be heard. And that's, that's the way it is. You can do everything under the sun. You can read all the books, all the articles, listen to all the podcasts, all the audiobooks, and this, it's still going to be the same. And so I think each of us has a responsibility to figure out how we want to operate in the kind or nice space and then be authentic to yourself. Um, when I say be authentic, I mean, do what feels okay. At the end of the day, you have to go to sleep at night with you or whoever your partner is. And if you feel good about the kind, the display of kindness that you've had with someone and they pop off in full feelings mode, then so be it. But what you did was listen to what you needed to say and then you said it and delivered it. And that doesn't mean every time it's going to be perfect, but you'll get better the more that you do it and the more that you exercise that kindness muscle. Um, so yeah, there's that part there. All right. So, uh, rec podcast recommendation. So I have two podcasts and then an experience. First one is the experience. Um, wife and I, the other night had went to the symphony. So if you know, you see my bitmoji, if you, if you're listening to this, I'm black. Um, not traditionally a lot of black people that I know have been to the symphony. That's just, that's a fact. Um, or if people are doing it, they're doing it on the hello low, and I just don't know. Um, but the symphony that we went to was a tribute to Aretha Franklin and Nat King Cole. And then the symphony actually played a few. So those had singers that go along with, they sang some of the, the greatest hits from Aretha Franklin and Nat King Cole. And then the, the symphony uh, musicians played a number of R&B things that you could like, you just knew off the bat. It was so good. Um, and of course I got the tickets using a coupon code cause I subscribe to the emails that they send too often. But if you have the, the time to, and any desire to just go out of your normal realm of like entertainment, check out your local symphony. Like that sound, I feel bougie saying it, but it was so good. Like I'm over there, like uh, tapping my foot or whatever. And of course it was basically like R and B night. Um, which is interesting because, I don't even know that there was a black person in the symphony. Yeah, I don't even know if there was a black person in the symphony, but it was so good. So step outside of whatever your comfort zone is, check it out. Like the San Francisco Symphony also does, and I imagine that other symphonies do this. They, um, a number of times a year, will um, play the musical score live to like an animated movie or like an action movie. So they've done Jurassic Park. I don't have interest in that. I didn't see it, but I saw the, the advertisement for it. We went and saw The Little Mermaid. Oh, and girls, the, the controversy right now with The Little Mermaid is like extra with Ariel. If y'all don't let this young lady who has a beautiful voice play this role, leave her alone. Um, all these damn petitions and shit coming out. And I was like, if y'all don't find something better to do, how about you close the camps? How about you get these, these babies out of these, these concentration camps? I'm just going to say the shit because that's what they are. 
Um, I've never been in one, but as the, the more and more I read about it, I'm like, this is shit we done heard about and read in history books of our concentration camps. This ain't no damn different. And let's also let's also not pretend like this is the first time that the government has um, sanctioned babies being taken away from their parents. Uh, like zoom back x number of years to slavery and being on the auction block. Hmm. I'm gonna let you have that one. But anywho, that was a tangent. Uh, the symphony, check it out. We're gonna try to check out one more. I think they're doing. Um, Coco, uh, which was a Pixar film, I believe, and they're going to play the live musical score while the movie is up in there. It's just lovely. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's just a different way to experience art. So that was the recommendation of trying something fun and look for coupon codes. They'd be sometimes sneaking them up and there's, there's high key, like no bad seats. We had kind of an adjacent seat. So we were too like, I don't know, stage left or stage right, but we were in a seat that we wouldn't have normally sat in. We've been like four or five times. There's no bad seat. The music sounds good from everywhere. And you catch that coupon code, you can get you a ticket for $20. I'm just saying. So yeah, check that out. Okay. Podcast recommendations. I've recommended this podcast before, but this was a really good episode. Um, Brown Ambition with Mandy and uh, Tiffany, the budgetista Aliche. And the episode was 180. And it was... I think it's called When You Make Six Figures and Feel Broke AF. Um, it was just a real good episode. And um, it was like a me too. Um, not to put all my business out there, but no one, they acknowledge that no one really teaches you how to manage and operate when you start to make more money and you start to progress in your career because so many, so many of us are taught, like when you make more money, you buy more things. You do, you have more money to get more stuff. Um, no one really talks to you about investing that money and into your retirement um, or uh, life, uh, what is it? Um, life insurance or stocks and bonds. Like what the hell are those? So it was just, it was a real good episode. And I was like, Ooh, you read me. Cause I certainly didn't know what to do. And now I'm like, I'm figuring out what to do with my money and how to make it work and grow for me in the smallest of ways. As soon as I get out of debt. Um, so that was one episode. And then the next one, um, this episode is, or this podcast is called Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness. If you watch Queer Eye, like the present day 2018, 2019 version that's on Netflix, um, he's the one who does like makeup and hair. And this episode that he had, I just picked a random one that was fairly recent. It's episode 116. Can we get, can we make it the magnif Magnificent Eight? And the guest on it was Shannon Miller, who was an Olympic gold medalist and all around, let's go ahead and say a bad bitch uh, in the world of Olympics. And again, it was an episode that I chose. I will continue to listen. But it was so like honest and real and a little bit like fan, like he was like real, a real fan of hers. Um, and it was just it was real good in that way. It was just a different something completely different that I probably wouldn't have necessarily picked up on. But I, I watch Queer Eye. I love that Netflix special. And if you haven't watched watched it, the new season come out. I think it's the third season comes out uh, sometime in the middle of July. But catch the first two. And when I tell you, some of those episodes will have you in complete tears. Like, I'm not really a crier. And I was like, this is so beautiful. And they don't only make over, like, queer people. So that's the beauty part of it. Um, it's, like, everybody on the spectrum. They make over 
and it's like a life makeover. It's like a physical makeover. There's some spiritual stuff. There's some emotional stuff. It's just good. And so this episode was also really good. Um, so check it out. The two podcast recommendations, Brown Ambition, episode 180, and uh, Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness, episode 116. So that's all that I got for you all this week. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Rate and review me on wherever you listen to this if you want to. I'm going to keep doing the podcast anyway. So thank you for listening and passing it on. All right. Bye. Bye.